eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Bear down, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North. It's real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run. With your hosts, David Hawn. I want to remind people, there is no award for coming to the conclusion fastest on a quarterback in your football city. Nobody remembers, and frankly, nobody cares. And Dan Weeder. Particularly in this town, we start to get the extremes trying to outshout each other, right? Those who think that he's a bust are trying to outshout those who think that he's going to be an absolute seven-time All-Pro. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the Take the North podcast on your free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm David Hall from Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score and the Mullion Hall Show. Dan Weeder from the Chicago Tribune and this podcast out at Hallis Hall. And as you download, listen, and subscribe to this podcast on this Friday morning, Dan, dare I say the optimism is as high as it has been all week about this. Justin Fields. Looks like he might play against the Packers on Sunday. Yes, uh, the optimism is there. Now, we need that final hurdle to be cleared. And I say that just to be very careful because, obviously, on Thursday afternoon, uh, watching Justin move around on the practice field was encouraging. He looked a lot better than he did a week previously on Thanksgiving when you could see, right, like you could see the discomfort he was feeling at the end of throws, just kind of the way his left arm was hanging. It's not happening in that regard anymore. And so the Bears have given him some things to uh, try, right, physically. And then they're going to see how they, he comes through it and, and how the coach staff evaluates it now being cleared for full participation in practice is different than getting the full medical clearance to play in a game if you're the bears you certainly wouldn't want to uh make a guy full in practice with the chance that he's not going to be able to play on sunday because that's going to raise a lot of questions going forward so i think the optimism is there but there still is that last hurdle of getting him through that checklist so that he can be cleared and given the green light to play on sunday against green bay Packers. we've got a lot to get to in this pod including comments from aaron Rodgers, comments <laughs> from luke getsy predictions for sunday's game and a lot of odds and ends we want to tie up but let's start with before we get to the opening drive, Justin Fields, what we just talked about. Dan, a lot of hurdles still need to be cleared, but you talk to players as well. There seems to be this sense that not that he's indestructible, but certainly nobody will ever accuse Justin Fields of being, number one, I think a slow healer, 
But number two, there seems to be a growing respect for his toughness that we suspected. But I think that if he's able to play on Sunday, this could make quite a statement to his teammates. Quite a statement to his teammates and and provide that that jolt, right, that this team sorely needs now in the middle of a five-game losing streak with one more game to go before the bye week. You want to have something that creates the, you know, the gas, right? And then that you can push your foot down on that, that accelerator and it'll actually go. And that that's what Justin Fields' presence means to this team. Trevor Simeon out of practice again on Thursday. So he does not look like he would be in line to play. And so you tell me, David, would you rather have Nathan Peterman against Aaron Rodgers? at Soldier Field on Sunday, or would you rather have Justin Fields against Aaron Rodgers? I think you can understand where the Bears locker room would be leaning in that discussion. Absolutely. I mean, I think everybody in Chicago would rather see uh, Justin Fields versus Aaron Rodgers. That has an exciting element to it. It has a marquee value. Yeah. And I, and I think this, they went out and they signed Tim Boyle off the Lions practice squad. They have four quarterbacks on their 53-man roster, and it'll be that way for the next three weeks. So, so answer two questions for me before yeah. we move on. Number one, How odd is that? And number two, if Fields plays as expected, the inherent conflict and contradiction between what the front office appears to be doing this season in sort of this spend under the cap, orchestrated losing, if you will, versus the coach's desire and the competitive drive to win every week, this seems like it would be contrary to a stated mission to get as close to the number one overall pick as possible. Well, I don't know whose stated mission that is, right? I think they're already up there. They're they're pretty darn close to the top. Uh, I think that you and I, during the bye week next week, can have a more extended conversation about what this looks like uh, in terms of draft status and what the value is up, down, all around. Um, But look, like having four quarterbacks on the uh, (laughs) The building is incredibly rare in December. You mentioned because they signed Tim Boyle off the off the Lions practice squad, they're required to have him on there. The roster spot is taken for three weeks. They're required to pay him for three weeks. Now they could cut him loose on Monday and just say, Hey, we don't need you here anymore. Justin's healthy. Trevor's healthy. Let's, let's get back to action, but they have to use the roster spot and pay the money because they signed him off the Lions practice squad. And so that is unusual. And usually you do that when you are leaning a certain direction. And that's why I'm hesitant to say Justin is expected to play on Sunday. The full participation status on, on Thursday afternoon's participation chart is incredibly encouraging. I, got to admit i got a a juice of uh, a jolt of adrenaline from it because you say yes exactly fields rogers sunday bears packers all of a sudden we've got a game that that feels like it's worth going to but now we've got to get that that last hurdle cleared and 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 hear it from the bears mouth right hopefully before 11 50 a.m on sunday at soldier field (laughs) to believe that it's true tell me i'm wrong so i i look at fields if he's practicing without limitation on thursday Typically in the NFL, that means you're going to play on Sunday. To me, the Tim Boyle signing almost implied or declared that Trevor Simeon's oblique injury is worse or got worse as the days grew since Sunday's game against the Jets. And I think Tim Boyle might be insurance for the backup if Justin Fields struggles. And it says more about maybe maybe Trevor Simeon's physical status than Justin Fields. Well, I don't know, because it, it, what, what is the actual insurance, right? And when do you have to, to use that policy? And that's the question, right? Because I don't know that they're going to keep three quarterbacks active on Sunday with all the other needs they have and all the that's attrition true. they've had at all these other positions. And so you're probably only going to have two 
on your on your uh, active game day roster. And so then, you know, thanks for coming by, Tim. Appreciate it. Here's your uh, George McCaskey signed check and, and, and be on your way. Well, then I guess the only thing we can conclude from all of this uh, maneuvering is that maybe a bad week to be Nathan Peterman. Well, no, it's still a good week to be Nathan Peterman because uh, you know that that practice squad quarterback job is one of the the better ones in in the league. If, if you if you get your your paycheck and you don't have to get hit and, and you just have to study a little bit, it's still okay. Okay, um, it'd be a wor- I think it'd be a worse week for Nathan Peterman if he had to play, right? <laughs> <laughs> particularly behind this offensive line and, and where they're at. Right I don't now. know, Dan. The Packers defense just gave him 363 yards rushing. I think that's right. an invitation to a lot of people who want to be in that huddle. So, oh, we'll see. I think there still is some suspense surrounding the availability but uh trending in the right direction yeah yeah thursday's practice provided a lot of reasons for optimism okay let's get into our opening drive at alma we know the connection between you and your therapist matters but if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming that's why alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you when you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy60. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for the opening opening drive. Oh, by the way, the other quarterback, (laughs) he is motivated to play against the Bears. The one thing you say about Aaron Rodgers, and we have said a lot of things, not all of them flattering, most of them not lately especially, but he leans in to this Bears-Packers rivalry in a way that I can appreciate and I think Bears fans should because I think in a weird way, you're going to miss him when he's gone. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth because I was going to say the exact same thing, David, and I've been saying it to people all week that that that, that the Bears fans, as much as they will gladly put the the torment in their rearview mirror and all the losses and all the things that 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 Aaron Rodgers does in cruel fashion to rip their heart out and stomp on it right in front of them. He brings an element of, we talked about it earlier in the week, theater. He brings an element of entertainment. He brings an element of excitement to the games he plays in. That's that's fun. I thought it was fun this afternoon. I, you know, Earlier in the week, we talked about Cole Komet saying, yeah, bring it on. I want to see Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. So I asked Jalen Johnson. I said, Cole kind of spoke for you guys on defense and said he wants to see Aaron Rodgers. Do you want to see him? And, and, and Jalen said 100%. And then he said, look, he's a shit talker. And he said that, that he's a guy that over his time has, has proven that he can talk a big game and back it up. And the way that he is as a ferocious competitor, 
energizes the guys on the other sideline, right? And so that's the fun of this, right? Like this is why we're in this business. This is why we cover this league because the 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 drama and the entertainment and the stakes and the stars and all the things that come with it are always present when Aaron Rodgers is on the field and when Aaron Rodgers visits Chicago. He's had a lot of success here. I think this will be uh, his his sixteenth trip in. Uh, and, and he's won 12 times here at Soldier Field. So he loves he loves the uh, the stage here. He loves the fan base here. And we can get into to more of that in a minute. But you just you just love that he puts his arms fully around this rivalry, gives it a big hug, and says, "Let's go." Yeah, I think that I respect him on the field. I respect the way that he does talk trash to <laughs> the opponent, especially the bears. I respect everything about Aaron Rodgers, the football player. Now, Aaron Rodgers, the football diva is somebody that has bothered me in recent years. And I think that commentary is, is kind of reserved for a special type of, uh, uh, you know, it's not related to what he does yeah. in the pocket and yep. on Sunday between noon and three, as it will be on, on, on this Sunday afternoon. But I think Dan as well, when you look at all that he has done in terms of against the bears, there's yeah. so many moments to stand out last year's, I own you moment, but I, I don't know to me if that that's going to be probably part of the clips that, that they play in Canton. And it'll be fun when he's getting inducted in the hall of fame to reminisce about that. But to me, it's still going to be the, the Chris Conti, Randall Cobb, breakdown Aaron Rodgers in that game I think that's the one that will stand out to me well here so let's go through this a little bit because this is a very interesting topic of conversation number one uh, let's let me be very clear that that my uh, I do not subscribe to many of Aaron Rodgers's worldviews let's just put that out there on the table and say uh, that he fame he, <laughs> he fascinates me in a lot of ways in that regard uh, he, he triggers more than a few eye rolls but whenever he is on my schedule for the week, the itinerary says Packers, right? And I've had 10 years on this beat and two in Minnesota where I've had a lot of opportunities to watch Aaron Rodgers play. I genuinely get excited because number one is a football player. He's one of the best of all time to play. And you see him do things that you don't see a lot of quarterbacks be able to do. And so that's exciting to be in the building for that many moments to watch that guy play. The second part of it is, is, is what you say with this rivalry, the I own you thing, right? Like this is this was a big moment last year where Rodgers punctuates the victory at Soldier Field and goes in that uh, southwest corner of, uh, of Soldier Field and and uses some choice words and tells the fans over there, I own you. I still bleeping own you now. You remember, David, after that game, he claimed and, I, and I, I'm phrasing this very, very, very specific in a very specific way. He claimed that there was a woman up in that part of the stands giving him the double bird. I think that was a figment of Aaron Rodgers' imagination. I think that was his justification for letting some competitive tenacity out and, and shouting up there because no one has been able to confirm that this so-called double bird flipping woman is out there. I would have a feeling that if she was, she would have spoken up somewhere, right? In social media, we're always able to find these characters in the stands in 2022, right? That, that we can find this woman, I don't think exists, but it gave Aaron the, the fodder to, to, to light that one off. Well, I think that there are a lot of things that we could point to in recent years that have been figments of his imagination. <laughs> and this is just we don't want to get it. That's a that's a different yeah. podcast. It's I'm a just saying podcast. That's, a gen- that's a statement that stands alone. It's a but, different podcast. But, but I think that that's interesting because she might have been a composite character. Like, you know, a lot right. of the person didn't really exist. Like you remember in Rudy. 
the, the janitor that let Rudy in. Right. The guy who was, you know, clapping like that. <laughs> he never existed. He was a character that they invented. And I think this woman who gave him the double bird in the end zone was probably like that. I, I'm with you. So many people that flipped him off over the years. And he said, I own you. And it was to her, but it was collective her Chicago. So before we advance this discussion further, because I got, I've got to rewind to something you said about 2013 uh, in a minute. Aaron Rodgers was asked in Green Bay at his uh, his weekly availability, which, by the way, is, is as long as any quarterback in the league does weekly. I think he spoke for 21 minutes on Wednesday afternoon up at Lambeau Field. Uh, he was asked about the I Own You episode, and here was what he said uh, as he recalled it this year. I've been hearing for fans for 15 years down there, so I don't expect anything to be different. I have a lot of respect for the city of Chicago and the sports fans. I grew up, said it many times, watching you know, WGN was one of the few channels we had on our TV. So I grew up watching Cubs games and Bulls games. and um, you know, So I've been a fan of Chicago sports for a while. I have a lot of respect for the city and, and uh, the legacy of uh, excellence that the team and, and the, uh, you know, the region has. But I always enjoy playing against the Bears. David, I think that that appreciation is sincere. I think it's genuine. I think he sincerely loves the passion of this sports town. I think he genuinely understands what this rivalry means to both cities. And so I love that part of this whole thing because it, it, it is a guy who who comes into it. Now, would he have the same feeling in this rivalry if he was five and 24 instead of 24 and five? Probably not. I think he really enjoys and relishes the role of, of being the tormentor and doing those things. And, and in another forum this week, when he was asked about the I own you comments he said it wouldn't even make my top five list right of moments where he's torn the bears out so you mentioned uh 2013 in recent vintage Rodgers has mentioned January 2011 which is the the NFC championship game at the end of the 2010 season right right? I mean you get you you claim the George Hallis trophy on Soldier Field to go to the Super Bowl and win your first Super Bowl that's a moment that's going to be high up on your mantle Right. He brings up 2016. I had forgotten about this one until until he, he recounted this recently. The Bears were, were were losing to the Packers 27-10 going into the fourth quarter at Soldier Field and rattled off 17 straight points behind John Fox and Matt Barkley. All right. They tie the game at 27. And it's one of these moments where Soldier Field's alive and you're like, OK, there's some magic here. There's some magic here. And then Aaron comes out and hits Jordy Nelson for 60 yards. They kick a game winning walk off field goal. And you go, of course, that's how this ends. Right. This is, of course, that's how it ends. Even even the most spirited rivalry or, or, or rally gets shot down at the end by this assassin. And then 2013. What I love about 2013 is you remember everything that led up to that game, right? Rogers is out for two months with a collarbone that he broke and not just a collarbone that he broke, but a collarbone that he broke getting sacked by Shane McClellan at Lambeau field in a game. The Packers lost to Josh McCown. And it was like, Oh, Aaron's done for the year. Aaron's done for the year. Aaron's done for the year. The bears squandered several chances to clinch the NFC North. And it set up a winner go home final week game at Soldier Field between the Bears and the Packers, and it goes back and forth, and Rodgers throws a pick to Chris Conti. He throws a pick to Tim Jennings. He remembers all these things in vivid detail, and he also remembers getting the ball back down 28-27 to with six and a half minutes to go for the last time going on a drive that covers 87 yards, David, and ends with a 48-yard touchdown pass on fourth and eight to Randall Cobb. And Rodgers can can recite this. I'm writing about this at, at, at ChicagoTribune.com for Friday morning. The vivid detail that he remembers about that play, about how he wanted that the, the Bears had a seven-man 
blitz coming. And the Packers had six, uh, a six-man protection. And if the Bears use the right rush pattern, they get home, they break up the play, they win the game, they win the division, and history is rewritten. But instead, the rush pattern doesn't get home. And then Rodgers sees Jordy Nelson, who he wants on the hot route, get blown up by Major Wright in what should have been an illegal contact call. And he says, oh, no, I can't go to my hot route. And John Kuhn comes over and cut blocks Julius Peppers. And now all of a sudden he's got an opening. And Randall Cobb is all alone behind Chris Conte, and he throws it. And it's just this moment that even nine years later, he remembers every single vivid detail and blade of grass and 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 visible breath in the in the December air and all of it, right? And it just tells you what this rivalry is and how much he has left his imprint on it in such indelible ways that he can casually say, I own you as an Indian in his top five and be totally right. Unfortunately, so do Bears fans for <laughs> that play vividly. And unfortunately, so does Chris Conti because I would maintain yeah. that he never recovered from that psychologically i he became think a villain here i mean he became a villain here he became a villain and that was what one play that a guy who was actually a pretty good nfl safety went to tampa had his revenge one day down in florida but a guy who never overcame that one play and frankly dan if i recall the certain stakes the bears win they're in right yeah 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 it's a, it's a winner take all division title game that one play not only scarred conti for his football life but it also changed bears history because mark tressman who the wheels fell off a year later but if he had that playoff right. uh, berth and and made it in 2013 in his first season there might have been a deeper well of patience when you're talking about that but as a turned out who cares they blew the lead Rodgers burned them they couldn't stop Randall Cobb and we had a play for the ages and I think that's the one why it keeps on you know you can't get it out of your head if you were there and Bears fans can't to forget it because of what it meant in terms of magnitude. And it's one of the ones that Rogers still still loves. I mean, he still yeah. loves talking about it, and that's why he remembers it in such vivid detail, which brings us to this year, right? Like, right. So now you're at a situation where the Packers are 4-8, and eight, and Aaron Rodgers has got at least bruised ribs. They might be cracked. He won't say. He's got a broken right thumb. They're playing for nothing. Jordan loves waiting in the wings. There's an opportunity here for the Packers to maybe say, okay, let's take a look at our, our young quarterback, get a better glimpse at our secession plan here and see which direction we can go with this. And Aaron Rodgers says, not so fast. We're not eliminated mathematically. And he says this with such conviction. We can run the last five. You know, let's get this one in Chicago, go into the bye, try and come back, win, win the last five. He says it with, with enough conviction that you say, okay, I believe that you possibly can. Deep down, I don't think they have any prayer of winning the last five uh, in the ways that they have in, in, in previous back-against-the-wall situations. But Rodgers is determined to play, and he's determined to play in this game, and he's determined to play in this rivalry, and he's determined to fight through all pain and discomfort because that's who he is. And he said, you know, candidly, look, I, I started my career playing behind a guy that started 300 consecutive football games right and you learn a certain level of commitment and toughness and and investment to the guys around you and so Aaron Rodgers was on his usual Tuesday appearance with the Pat McAfee show which God bless the the writers in Green Bay that have to track that every week because I would probably put a fork in my eye if I had a, to, to listen to that back and forth every single week for 18 weeks but he was asked about needing to play in this game it did feel like a movie soliloquy right it's, it's like it almost gives you goosebumps you understand that these are the types of uh, competitive leaders that guys respond to you've obviously been in the business long enough you know when you're around people that that give you that 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 
juice that ignites your passion, right? And and Rogers is one of these guys. I'd be curious to know what what you make of all that because there's a lot there's a lot within there. Was that Dennis Quaid or Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> it did, it did seem like a little bit of a movie. A couple of things. I think number one. That's not a surprise when you have observed and respected for as long as we have observed and respected Aaron Rodgers. He's a pretty tough guy. He plays through a lot of pain and injury, as it turns out. I think also to apply what he said to the the news of the day, it helps you understand fully what Justin Fields feels as well because i think that inherent competitive greatness that inherent desire to want to play through pain and injury for the good of your teammates for the good of the cause that's difficult to describe but impossible to ignore and i think that's one of the big reasons why justin fields was on the practice field thursday why he will likely play on sunday and dan i think it also goes back to this It's one of the reasons Justin Fields was as transparent as he was when he was talking about his injury a week ago before the Jets came. Because this is the last point on this. Players have to take control of their injury in terms of, number one, how they feel in their return, and number two, what people know about their condition. And he referenced this uh, indirectly and certainly not intentionally when Aaron Rodgers was talking. You know, the Bears have recent experience, and one of Aaron Rodgers' f- favorite memories is one of the toughest ones for Bears fans. It was the 2011 championship game, the NFC championship game. Jay Cutler famously did not play in the second half because he had a sprained MCL, as it turned out. He had a serious, legitimate, valid injury and a serious, legitimate, valid reason for not being on the field. But you know what? Nobody told us that. There was all this this scared silence, this vague description. And Jay Cutler still, to this day, is paying for that in terms of a reputation cost in Chicago because some people don't believe he was hurt. I work with people who don't believe he was hurt. And yet that that inherent desire to be on the field, I can't – I'll never believe that he didn't want to be on the field. I understand what Aaron Rodgers is talking about. I think it's it's what you have to have – to be successful in the NFL as a professional athlete. Not everybody has it. Some people can overcome it and do it without that. But I think when he talks about that competitive greatness, wanting to play regardless of the stakes, regardless of the significance, I get it totally. I think he put that pretty well. I think it was 2013 when Cutler had a, a groin that was almost basically torn off the bone and came back in like 15 days. You have to do the math and, and relook it up. But it was like four weeks sooner than the initial prognosis was. And from that day forward, I never second guessed Jay Cutler's toughness again. Right. Like the guy played through a lot. Uh, and to your point, dealt with a reputation that was probably unjustified because of some messaging back in a day where where messaging was different. Right. The, the world was different back then in terms of the, the forums that were out there and available to guys to, to express things. But, but, you know, some people may hear innuendo in those comments from Aaron Rodgers based on his opponent this week and based on the fact that Justin Fields is still coming back. And, and here, is this a, a subtle dare from the, from the, the, uh, the, the, the other sideline, right? Saying, hey, Justin, you don't need to be 100%. Get out there and play, uh, whether it's a dare, inspiration, advice, whatever you may call it. There's something lingering within those comments that applies directly to what the Bears are doing this week. Justin's competitive desire, his hunger, his toughness has never been in question. To your point, if he plays Sunday and plays poorly, I think that's better than not playing at all 
because I think it shows the people around you that you're going to go to those lengths to be with them and give you, uh, give them everything you have, even if you know you're only at 75%, but 75% of you is better than, you know, 100% of your, your backup or your third stringer. Then you get out there and you give it your all, as Roger said. And so this is a, this is a cool week for all these reasons. It's just a, a fun week to see how Justin handles this, to see how he plays, to see what the just the entire theater of this whole thing is by the time we get to Sunday night and we're, we're doing our postgame pod from Soldier Field. Yeah, because I think that you, we could read into it that way, but I don't think that Aaron Rodgers was no. Justin Field. No. At the same time, what you say uh, it, it just applies. <laughs> because we're talking about a, a quarterback who, as we have discussed, at this young stage of his career, which we hope is going to be a long one and successful one in Chicago, he has missed as many games to injury as he has won on the field. So you don't want to have that become part of your uh, right profile because you don't want to be known as a guy that has an availability problem. And not that he does. I don't know. Haw's not bad on Justin Fields, okay? But you, have to, you can't ignore – the way the player thinks. And I think we got a glimpse of that in, in Aaron Rodgers little soliloquy there is that you always are concerned, number one, with missing out on something and, and you want to be there for your teammates. And number two, as crazy as it sounds, there's part of Aaron Rodgers that doesn't want to open the door to Jordan Love. Absolutely. There's part of every competitor that never wants to let his backup have that slight little crevice or crack for an opening that they could take over. Well, to that point, Aaron still references 2007 when he came came in in a game where Brett Favre got hurt within a game and played well enough that the Packers reconsidered their plans after that season. And the next thing you know, uh, Brett Favre was, was no longer with the Packers and headed to New York. Uh, and, and and so look like you don't want that door to open for the guy behind you because you just don't know if it's your last day then. And so uh, we'll see where this goes. We'll have a lot more on Justin in a little bit about what's available for him over these last five weeks of the season. Uh, but I mean, I'm telling you, man, like th- when I got the participation report Thursday afternoon and it said Justin Fields full, there was a spike in in my excitement level. There was a spike in, in the way my blood was pumping because Fields versus Rogers is why we sign up. Right. It, this is this is the type of thing, given the emergence Justin had in November and given who Aaron is like you've got the opportunity now for the young up and coming emerging Bears quarterback to take down the Packers legend in a December game outdoors at Soldier Field it it sets up in a way that's super appealing and super intriguing last thing on Rodgers before we move on to our numbers game so I asked Wayne Larravee on the score on Thursday morning. Wayne, of course, the voice of the Packers, who knows both the Bears and the Packers as well as anybody, been part of the rivalry since 1985 when he was doing Bears games. But I asked him, will he frame this? Will he uh, address this as possibly Aaron Rodgers' last game at Soldier Field in a Packers uniform because of everything we've talked about and everything everybody knows about the uncertainty around Rodgers' future? And he said, no way. <laughs> and he said, there are 60 million reasons why it won't be. He was right. pretty certain, Dan. I don't know that everybody in Green Bay is that certain, but I was struck by his confidence that Aaron Rodgers will play again, right again at Soldier Field. 
Well, it's also a funeral you want to be late to rather than early to, right? Because because guys like that, you know, five years ago we thought Tom Brady was done, right? And then and then he, I think he's won two more Super Bowls since everybody basically had him on the way out. And so with the greats, you just you err on <laughs> on the side of, of caution and common sense and everything that uh, tells you that these guys find a way. So we'll we'll see what direction it goes. I'll tell you that I will uh, savor every single moment, right? Like that that we get to cover this and watch it play because in the times and the games that I've had to cover Rodgers, it's rarely uh, been a letdown. It really has. And so let's see what Sunday has to offer. All right, let's go on to our numbers game. All right, Dan, each week, (laughs) we break it down, and then we're going to get to our predictions and bring in Adam Stadzinski. Let's start with the first number. Well, it's a package of two. The first one, the, the first number is three, and it's the number of quarterbacks since 1992 that the Packers have started against the Bears. The list is pretty short. Brett Favre, 22 and 10. Aaron Rodgers, 24 and 5. Brett Hundley, emergency start, 1 and 0. Pair, pair that up with the number of quarterbacks the Bears have started against the Packers since 1992. 20 could tick up to 21 if it's Nathan Peterman or Trevor Simeon or Tim Boyle on Sunday. But let me read you the list just so you can realize how long this goes back. Jim Harbaugh, Eric Kramer, Steve Walsh, Dave Craig, Steve Stenstrom, Jim Miller, Shane Matthews, Cade McNown, Cordell Stewart, Rex Grossman, Chad Hutchinson, Brian Greasy, Kyle Orton, Jay Cutler, Josh McCown, Brian Hoyer, Matt Barkley, Mike Glennon, Mitch Trubisky, Justin Fields. We apologize to the part of our audience who had a grabber during that list while it was being read because those were a lot of very traumatic memories that uh, came to mind as you went through that long, long list. Heck, three quarterbacks? The Bears have four in the active roster. (laughs) All right. The second number I have for you is 786. This one's an interesting one. It's the number of regular season victories all time by the Chicago Bears. It's also the number of victories all time by the Green Bay Packers. They're knotted up in 103 seasons. Both of them have 786 victories. Sunday is a tiebreaker at Soldier Field. Oh, my gosh. How did we get this far in the week without (laughs) me realizing that? George McCaskey must be so nervous. Yeah, I mean, look, like George Hallis got passed by Bill Belichick earlier in the season. The last thing you want to do is have the Packers pass you in all-time regular season victories this weekend. It's a good number. Bring that up on uh, on your morning show on Friday morning. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely coming up because I have to wonder this. As much as he famously likes to say, I don't meddle, I don't get involved, George McCaskey, nothing matters to him more than the rivalry between the Bears and the Packers. Do you think that he found a way – to make sure that this was a point of emphasis this week at practice or will be before Sunday's kickoff. No, I don't think he's emphasized it. Uh, I think he trusts in the people below him to know what this means and to, and to try to generate some extra energy. I think there's also just some natural stuff inside the, the locker room that understands it. But yeah, I mean, look at that. That's going to be a, a fun one to track. Somebody's getting 787. Wow. Unless we get a tie, David. That would no, be really no good. ties. <laughs> no ties. All right, what's the next one? Last number, six. It's the number of touchdown catches over the past three weeks by Christian Watson. The rookie receiver out of North Dakota State, he's had 12 catches, 265 yards, six touchdowns over his last three games. There's been a breakthrough. The Packers, as you remember, came soaring up the draft board on day two of the draft last year to draft Watson. They, they traded up, leapfrogging the Bears 
twice. Remember, the Bears had those two picks in round two, uh, and and they went up and got Christian Watson. Had a chance to ask Tyke Tolbert, the Bears receivers coach, on Thursday evening what he thought of Watson during the pre-draft process. Obviously, the Bears were scouting receivers as well. He was very impressed. Number one word he said was speed. He said this kid, as he did last week, take, can take a 10-yard a pass and turn it into a 60-yard touchdown. And also realized playing at that competition level that Watson was playing at in college, you need to see guys who dominate. And there were a lot of moments where Christian Watson was dominating. Aaron Rodgers has talked all, all week that, that there hasn't been any sort of just light bulb moment where it just came on and all of a sudden he just, you know, there was one thing that happened and now he's a star, but it certainly seems like there's been a breakthrough in the, the last month that, that this kid is going to ride uh, through the end of his rookie season. I think Bears fans were more comfortable when Christian Watson's most memorable highlight was him dropping a pass in, in the opening uh, game of the season. First play of the season, yeah. First play of the year, but he's not dropping much anymore. 265 yards in his last uh, three games. This is a threat, and he is living up to the billing and justifying the way they, they treated uh, that draft night. So good for him, but I think it's going to be a big challenge with Jalen Johnson maybe the only starter of the four typical starters who will play on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, you have a depleted secondary, obviously Eddie Jackson out uh, Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon, still in concussion protocol. You're depleted on the back end. And that's a big reason that I think this Packers offense is looking at a get well game Sunday afternoon. Sounds like you are leaning that way in your prediction. Let's bring in Adam Stadzinski because we'll make our predictions and start with studs studs. I know you love the Packers bears rivalry. I know that you have blocked, out many of the memories um, just because you suppressed them, denied <laughs> their existence. But what do you expect on Sunday? So uh, real quick, you know, I mentioned to you guys in that chat there uh, that we have on the side about how that 2016 game, I literally, until you started mentioning it, Dan, had forgotten about it. And I, I have a very vivid memory now. Of, and keep in mind, I was, you know, I was 26 years old at the time and, and, you know, not working, not having to do any work on Sundays. So I have a very vivid memory now of me sitting on my kitchen floor and with a shot glass in front of me because I was so depressed about that game. And so funny that was how John Fox handled it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, like I literally had forgotten about that. Until sorry, you know, sorry, to, sorry to bring up the poor man and the PTSD. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, it was not that one wasn't easy for, for me. And a lot of these games haven't been either. And so, and also, real quick, the discussion you guys had about missing Aaron Rodgers, I can tell you right now. Or miss that man if I never see him again in my life. He's caused, caused me too much pain, as I just mentioned. So anyway, I told you guys after the Bears played the Packers earlier this season, I'm going to keep picking the Bears in this game until they win one of these games. I'm doing it again this week. I'm even more I, – I really was more ton-in-cheek with the prediction I did on 670thescore.com. I said a, Bears 100, Packers nothing, Packers suck, go Bears. Because I'm fully leaning into the meatball stuff this week i don't care about the draft position i don't care about any of this oh they need to lose out because that's better for the franchise in the long run i don't really give a damn i want to see the justin fields at soldier field beat aaron Rodgers head to head because i think it would be good for i think it'd be good for like the entire organization to be able to get that win and who cares about the draft position deal with that later so i am going to take the bears in this one for no other reason than I want it to happen. And look, if Justin Fields plays, I think they have a real chance to win the game. It'll be another shootout because, Aaron, like, I, I agree with you, Dan. Packers offense is going to score 30 points against the Bears <laughs> defense. So, I don't know. A, a realistic score, I'll say Bears 34, Packers 32. Cairo Santos walk-off field goal. 
Oh, look at that. I like it. I like it. All right, studs. (laughs) David, I'm not going to accuse studs of being a meatball because I think he's right. I think if Justin Fields goes out there and wins this game, uh, you know, with with the toughness and the playmaking artistry that he's shown, then you've got a signature win and you've got a statement that that lasts long beyond December of 2022. And so that's why I think there is some magnitude to this game, even though it's three and nine versus four and eight and means nothing in the playoff picture. There's there's something to this. That said, this Bears defense can't stop any anybody right now during their five game losing streak they've got two takeaways they're on pace to have their lowest single season sack total i think since 2003 uh this defense is is a mess and and aaron Rodgers knows it and aaron Rodgers is going to find holes every which way he can i've got packers 32 bears 23 yeah you know i love as we all do uh, the best story and to me the best story is justin fields heroically leading the bears to victory staying healthy breaking tackles scoring touchdowns and the Bears, you know, win and whether it's a walk off by Santos or whatever the case, I just don't know. Number one, how much he's going to play. I hope he plays the whole game and stays healthy. And number two, that Bears defense couldn't stop a rumor right now. So <laughs> I, I just don't give them any sort of validity and, and I can't invest any sort of confidence or faith in them. So Rodgers is Rodgers. The Packer defense will. I think recovered. They can't be that bad two weeks in a row. I mean, they were historically bad against the Eagles and the bears just have lost the benefit of the doubt here. And I think I predicted 31, 19 Packers over bears. All right. Sorry, studs. Sorry, studs. (laughs) Go. I hope that you can. It's okay. One day have those memories. Keep the shot glasses handy. Yeah, look, look. If they do lose the game, it's not like I haven't seen it before in a hundred different ways. (laughs) So just don't do it in a heartbreaking way, and I'll I'll get by. All right, great predictions. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's take a look at our uh, modified QB1 segment right now. All right, Dan, I think it was interesting. Luke Getze, who speaks every Thursday, I would recommend to the Bears to move that up. Maybe they are doing that on purpose. That's a different story, different podcast. That's an off-season issue. But I do appreciate when he does talk what he has to say, especially when he talks about the value 
of the final five games for Justin Fields. Yeah, and, and so, you know, I think there it's really easy when you, the, the calendar turns to December and you're way out of the playoff hunt to feel like the season is ending, but it's not. There's a long way to go yet. As we record this, there's 37 days left, right, for, for this team to be together, to squeeze everything they can out of each day. It's particularly important for a young developing quarterback to have experiences, right, and, and, and to grow and to continue developing and not just say, well, this season's lost. I can put my development on hold until we reconvene in the spring. And so I asked Getsy uh, on, on Thursday morning about uh, what, what this is like for Justin and what he wants to see uh, between now and January 9th from from his young QB1 and and this was that exchange. Obviously a lot of season left. When, when Justin is able to play again what do you hope he can squeeze out of the finishing stretch of the season just knowing kind of the stair-step climb you've been on since, since really training camp started? No, I mean that's that's been the focus all year, right? It's just that we continue to get better. Um, it's, the film room sessions have, have been really good. He was locked in last week. Um, he did a great job with that and so he's locked in again and uh, we just got to make sure we continue to progress and he's got to continue to develop. He's got to continue to get these experiences so that we can continue to learn from him. He can grow because that's the, that's the biggest thing is just like these opportunities um it stinks that, that you know that he wasn't be able to be out there because he needs as many opportunities and experiences as we can but obviously we're not going to risk it interesting I, I would recommend to luke getsy number one got his injured quarterback coming back from a separated shoulder playing through some pain might want to monitor how many designed runs you call and number two Take the quarterback sneak play out of the game plan. Okay. <laughs> Stop putting injured quarterbacks in harm's way. But other than that, I guess he's done a terrific job this year. Just, just been isolated breakdowns. But I do like what he had to say and would agree that there's still a lot to be gained. That's why I never bought into this idea. Shut him down. Shut him down. Because there's too much growth to, to happen still. Scribble down in my notes, more tight end sneaks for Cole Komet. I'll pass that note up the food chain here at Hallis Hall and see if they can get those into the game plan and and, and we'll see if Cole can finally get some shine. Uh, Look, like I I think you're right. I think there is just a mature mindset here and it's shared by the coaching staff and it's shared by the player, uh, Justin Fields in this case, in understanding that there there is a lot that needs to be just development, right? Like you need to have experiences to grow from experiences, as Getsy said. And so when you have these opportunities, you got to make the most of them. You got to take advantage of them. You got to file them away in your library, good or bad, learn from them and go in that direction. And so this is great because look, like you're going to come back after the bye, right? And you're going to play the Eagles and the Bills, which are two legitimate defenses in the NFL. And you better be really damn sharp every single day that you're preparing for both of those teams to avoid getting embarrassed. Right. And so, so this is, this is what the grind of being an NFL quarterback is. I think I mentioned to you earlier in the week on the radio on 670, the score, the end of the 2017 season, which was Mr. Trubisky's rookie year. And I remember the bears leaving Philadelphia and getting their doors blown off, losing by 28 points. And it was like, okay, that was the, the final nail in the coffin for any meaning to the actual season. But inside the building, there was this thought of like, you know, Mitch has really got to learn what it's like now down the stretch of the season to be a professional quarterback. And I remember Mark Sanchez saying to me, like these next five weeks are going to be critical to him understanding the professionalism of the grind, right. And and what it entails. And to Mitch's credit, look, it didn't translate into long-term success, but he passed that test over the final five games of the season and and staying engaged. They won two of those games. They were able to win on the road in Cincinnati, get a Christmas Eve win against the Browns. And and there was a a commitment there that is required. It's a prerequisite to being a, a, a successful quarterback 
quarterback in this league. Justin understands that. The Bears have 37 days left for him to continue understanding that. Let's see where they take it. I think that's a great frame of reference, the Trubisky comp, because his rookie season was one where hope was still there. And he did take advantage and capitalize in 2018, but that's a different story. Two quick things before we move on to our two-minute drill. I think Justin Fields also speaking on Wednesday referenced what his takeaways were from Trevor Simeon watching him perform. I, th- I said post-game that I like the way that Simeon put the ball up there for his receivers to make a play. Justin Fields referenced another potential takeaway and also in that same session referenced the opportunity that now exists for a guy like Chase Claypool, who was the beneficiary of Trevor Simeon, letting him make a play. Chase Claypool now emerges as more of a clear-cut number one target what can you say about what Justin Fields had to um, share at the podium? Okay, so to the latter point first, you know, Justin was asked about the challenge now in trying to replace the trust and the chemistry and the, the rapport he had with Darnell Mooney, who's done for the season with the ankle injury. And he said, I don't see it as a challenge. I see it as an opportunity to learn more about what some of these other guys can do. Mature mindset and, and a positive mindset to take into this, because when you lose your, your, your friend and your favorite target, it's not easy, right? And you've got to find answers in other directions. Well, Chase Claypool is a guy they've got to find an answer for, right? An answers for in the game plan. And he made a couple catches uh, from Trevor Simeon against the Jets that give you hope that he can be a big play threat, a chunk play guy. And so Justin's got to figure out what that looks like. Tyke Tolbert, the receivers coach on Thursday evening, said that there's a, a larger package in the offensive game plan this week for Valus Jones. So put that on your radar for Sunday against the Packers. As Valus Jones is getting more comfortable with the details of this offense and knowing where to be, when to be there, uh, he's going to have some opportunities to show up. And so this is what you're looking for. You're looking for guys that can be difference makers for you beyond this year. Claypool and Bayless Jones are guys that you want to test out over these last five weeks. Justin's going to have an opportunity to show, uh, show, show what he can do with those guys. Now, to the other point, Justin willingly offered up that his favorite play from Trevor's performance against the Jets was a check down pass to Darrington Evans in the first half that went for 33 yards. I thought this was incredibly notable because I asked, actually asked Andrew Janoco about this on Thursday evening uh, in the midway here at Hallis Hall in terms of what that tells him. And number one, look, quarterbacks don't, stay up at night dreaming of throwing a really good check down, right? Like that's not what you do as a quarterback. You're thinking about the home run. You're thinking about how pretty that game winning touchdown pass looks on the, the post corner, right? Or, or, or what, what coverage you're going to beat. And Justin saw this play that Trevor ran where it was just, man, my first, my first read isn't there. Boom. Got to the check down, dropped it off. And then the running back made a play happen and it turned into an explosive play in a 33 yard game that put the bears in the red zone and not on the doorstep of a score. And so to hear your young quarterback acknowledge that, right? Like, okay, this is something that I've got to learn. I've got to figure out how to get through my progressions quicker, find the check down quicker, and understand that sometimes when I do, they're going to make the 33-yard gain, and I don't have to do it with my legs, right, that are then going to get tired and expose me to getting hit and then potentially getting injured. And so it was a mature perspective and a very small, nuanced, little micro play within a 21-point loss that the quarterback himself identified as his favorite, and I thought that was really cool. you got to love it because it shows the day was productive. They were communicating with him after every series. The mental reps were, uh, I think, important and not lost. He did more than just kind of watch aimlessly in the rain. So the takeaway, whether it was giving his receivers a chance to make a play or checking down to the running back, these, it was it was a day spent, uh, time well spent for Justin Fields on the sidelines. At least that sounds like it, a very mature young quarterback and hopefully he's not on the sidelines for much longer let's hope that is the case all right let's wrap things up with a two-minute drill 
The two-minute drill. The two-minute drill. All right, Dan, quickly. Alex Leatherwood, right tackle. Will he start there, and what are the Bears getting? Riley Reef back at practice on Thursday. Muddles the situation a little bit. Do they have trust in Alex Leatherwood? Does their trust in Alex Leatherwood have to pair up with the idea that Justin Fields might be their starting quarterback, right? Like how many moving parts do you want to have for an injured quarterback coming back to play a little bit vulnerable? I don't know which direction this heads before Sunday at kickoff. I think there's some intrigue within the building at some point to see what Alex Leatherwood brings to the table. They haven't had a chance, as we mentioned earlier, to, to see him in game action. He arrived after the preseason ended. He got sick very quickly upon entering the building here at Ellis Hall and was on the non-football illness list for a while. And so they just haven't had a chance to test him in real live game action. I think they're eager to see it is obviously a first round pick but he's in his second season with his second team and so you have question marks all over the place and I don't think we can really answer any of them until we get a, a full sample size of, of at least one game's worth of snaps from Alex Leatherwood. But he actually does exist. He's more than just a rumor because we have yet to see evidence of that. You, you've actually yet to hear evidence of that either no, no, right. and, and my colleague at the Tribune, Brad Biggs tried to approach him oh. for an interview on Wednesday and, and was was uh, not so politely told that he was not going to talk and so they, you know that's a story for a different day. It but. is, but as Mickey <laughs> told us on the radio on Thursday morning, he tried to approach him. He said, no, I don't have time. And Bigsy says, whatever, dude. So just as a, a, an epilogue to that episode, uh, Alex Leatherwood, uh, after being, I guess, instructed by some folks in the building that he should probably talk, uh, made himself available uh, quickly on, on Thursday afternoon. And, and Brad said, sorry, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I love that about Bigsy. All right. The other thing, Trenton Gill, first December game. He's a rookie punter. What do you think? Is he in for a big surprise? Look, you know, when you spend, I speak from experience, when you spend time in Raleigh for a long period of, of time, as Trent Gill did at NC State, Chicago winners can be jarring, even if you grew up here. Uh, Trenton did not grow up here. But I, I think, look, like there's some things you got to learn when you go into that building and you have to test things out in pregame. And as Richard Hightower told us on Thursday afternoon, you can't fight the conditions. You have to accept the conditions, right? And so if you see in pregame that I can't hit a certain ball today, then you don't try to force it and hit a certain ball that's going to leave you vulnerable to making a big mistake. You have to adapt and adjust. The Chicago weather at Soldier Field in December puts that challenge on, on specialists more than any place, right? Probably in the league. And so we'll see how the rookie punter adapts to it. He's had a really good season. He's one of those bright spots that's been under the radar because, hey, by the way, he's a rookie punter. Uh, but nothing is too small for the Take the North podcast to get after. So that's why we talk about the punters dealing with the conditions at Soldier Field in December. Because the Packers punter has experience. Pat O'Donnell has been here before, and he will be there on Sunday punting for the enemy for the first time. That's right. And, and Richard Hightower has experience with Pat from his previous stint here. Uh, it'll be interesting. You remember, I don't know if you remember that, that uh, Pat O'Donnell's nickname upon reporting to, to training camp when he was drafted, I can't even remember what year that was. Was that 14? Uh, he was a he was an Emory pick, wasn't he? I think a, he was a, a Phil, Phil Emory, Emory pick, so yeah. that would have been 2014. He was nicknamed Mega Punt. So we'll see if Mega got his punt back on Sunday. <laughs> All right, Dan, I went on a little bit of a, not a ramp, but the, this morning or Thursday morning about the Chase Claypool <laughs> exchange and the trade value. Look, I, right now, as we sit here, the Steelers would get the 33rd overall pick because the Bears are ranked second. There's only 31 picks in the first round. And it looks like the Steelers will be very happy with that exchange. I push back a little bit that it's way, way, way too early to conclude anything because you've got a 
uh, a guy who just got here and you have, if we're going to consider Justin Fields limitations in, in developing as a passer because of the lack of an offensive line and a deep receiving core, you can't just immediately expect one of their best receivers to, Hey, look, I'm here, throw me the ball. I'll catch it. So I think patience is required as well with Chase Claypool. So I'm going to call this incomplete and wait and see. The day they traded for Chase Claypool, you and I talked about the patience that was going to be needed to actually make an informed evaluation of who he is as a receiver and who he has as, as, is as a receiver for this football team. That grade is probably not going to be in until the middle of next season, right? And so we have to be patient. Listen, the Steelers are going to celebrate that they're going to get a pick that could potentially be as high as the equivalent of the first pick in the second round, right? You got to remember that the Dolphins have forfeited their first round pick. And so there are only 31 picks in the first round next April. And so right now, as you mentioned, the Bears with the number two overall pick in the draft would also be ha- have the number two pick in the second round, which is number 33. That's a high price to pay. But If Chase Claypool pans out, the Bears will not care if it was the 42nd pick or the 33rd pick, right? It doesn't matter to them. The only mission now that they've traded for him is squeezing the maximum potential out of him. They are working on it. It's not going to have overnight results. We're going to have to wait a while to see what Chase Claypool does. But he, as we mentioned with Justin Fields, there's five more games here. That's a big sample size. It's a a big window of opportunity for him to continue climbing. Let's see where he takes it between now and the end of the season. And the last thing, pretty fun Asked earlier in the week what advice he would have for Darnell Mooney, the popular wide receiver out for the season with the ankle injury after surgery. Tight end Cole Komet gave him a recommendation to binge watch uh, Yellowstone. Yellowstone was Yellowstone as a that's a is that on Paramount or Sundance or one of the streaming services, Netflix maybe. But I am not a Yellowstone guy, but I do think that. Hey, in the interest of that, why not? Why don't we make our recommendations to Darnell Mooney or whoever might be rehabilitating? Eddie Three. Jackson. We got we got all sorts yeah. of guys on IR that can that can that can take our advice and find some programming here. For so you thought it would month. be good to give us uh, give some advice for people who might be binge watching a series. What are your three? All right, I'm going to start you. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll we'll snake this. We'll go back and forth on this. The first one is one that I stumbled upon when I had COVID in October, and it's a three-part docu-series on Netflix called Aftershock, and it's about the 2015 earthquake in Nepal and at Mount Everest. I was absolutely glued to the couch for more reasons than just COVID for all three episodes of this docu-series. That's my first recommendation. Oh, that sounds very uplifting. It's not uplifting, but you're going to love it. You're going to love okay. it. I'm telling you. I have not seen that. I don't like to be, sit down on the couch and get, get depressed and fall into a stupor. Um, I'm going to get, okay, Breaking Bad. Is that too old to matter? I mean, do you think he's seen Breaking Bad? Everyone's seen Breaking Bad, haven't they? But maybe maybe a young guy like Darna Mooney hasn't. Maybe people come out there. If you're going to binge watch, you that's long enough series you could actually, you know, it's going to take you some time. So Breaking Bad would be my top recommendation. Confession for me, my wife and I started Breaking Bad, got deep into, I think we were into season four and never finished it, which is, uh, people, people find that shocking that you could know start who you that. Are and <laughs> there you go. All right. So number two on my list is White Lotus. I, I watched season one of this. Uh, it's an HBO uh, series I, on the plane last year, right? Season one, every time I got in a plane, I would I would throw it on and and zone out and watch it. It's weirdly compelling. They're into season two now. They went from Maui to uh, to, to Italy. 
it's a really uncomfortable watch because the characters are so weird, but you can't look away. And I love it. And so uh, I, I'm recommending that as my number two on the Connie list. Britton is in White Lotus. Connie Britton. Season one. Yeah, not in also, season two, though. Okay, season one. I haven't seen the whole thing, but she she's in White Lotus. That's enough for me to get through season one. <laughs> she's in Friday Night Lights, too, which is enough to get you and anyone else. Friday Night Lights, one of the best TV shows ever. It's, it's great binge-watching material. If you are a football fan, if you are a nostalgic a fan if you are just a fan of the human condition friday night lights is your binge watchable series as aaron Rodgers told us earlier clear eyes full heart can't lose there you go <laughs> uh my last one is is a, a a little bit of a twist stumbled upon this on hbo as well there is a four episode documentary on the studio show inside the nba with Shaq, Kenny, Charles, and Ernie, I was not expecting this to be as absolutely thrilling, compelling, fascinating as it was. This it, it's an unbelievable watch. Uh, you you if you're an NBA fan, you're gonna love it. If you're just a, a casual NBA fan, you're gonna love it. Just unbelievable stuff. I don't know if you've caught that yet, David, but I would I recommend it to you. It's it is it is deeper than you'd think it would be, and it is really really good stuff. Right, that's a good recommendation. I'm gonna have to check that one out. All right, my last recommendation, a little bit more obscure. It's a British kind of detective crime investigative series, but it's well done, it's excellent. My wife and I enjoyed it. She's from Scotland. We watch a lot of BritBox and uh, Amazon Prime stuff and things on the BBC. Line of Duty, well okay. done. It'll keep your interest. They speak with an accent, but that's okay. Um, it's very, very compelling crime drama, detective investigative stuff, good, good human, you know, relationship stuff, very good line of duty. I'm putting that down. We've just given six. Can we go to studs for an extra point here sure. and just get, get the, the PAT from studs? Okay. Does he have yeah. one that he can give us? All right, studs. Just, what do you just got? one? Okay. Or two. I, uh, yeah, you, you can go for right. two if you want. <laughs> All right. So I got. I guess I got to go with – this is a pretty popular one. Uh, it's called The Boys on Amazon Prime. That show I think is incredible, and it's like – it's almost like a realistic – the most realistic take I've seen on if superheroes existed. Okay. And they, they have a lot of, you can tell each season like really plays on modern social cultural commentaries. Like they deal, they literally deal with the idea of Nazism at one point. And so it's, it, it plays on modern themes. It, it's, it's, it's fantastic. I think they just finished the third season a little bit ago. So that would be like, if you haven't seen the boys, like I think it's spectacular. It's really <laughs> it's it's not for kids uh, but it's especially especially the start of the third season there's some really weird stuff like they 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 push the limit but uh it, i mean for, even for myself to get uncomfortable which takes yeah. a lot and so uh the, the other one i don't know if i necessarily have another one maybe i'll keep it with one because that's good advice so people can when they're not listening to the take the north podcast they can download and watch all these other uh, series on the television sets because uh, hey we can't talk forever but thank you for listening to here's talk today big week packer week big game sunday soldier field anything we left out dan before we get out of here 
No, I'm pumped, and I didn't think that I could be pumped about three and nine versus four and eight. But I'm genuinely excited about what I'm walking into Sunday. There's real optimism. There's a real buzz now surrounding this game because we weren't sure about Justin Fields, and it appears to recap that he might play. He did practice in full on Thursday. The, it's trending in that direction, and we know where Aaron Rodgers will be. Heck, he watched tape of that Bears defense and felt better immediately. So Correct. he will be likely on the field in the pocket, and we will be there at Soldier Fields for you and give you our reaction post game on our post game pod Sunday night so you want to be there download listen and subscribe to the take the north podcast on your odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast we appreciate you listening and uh, now you can go download whatever you want to download and watch uh, whatever series you chose from our seven or eight that we recommended thank you for listening see you Sunday Dan great talk see you out there